welcome to another episode of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm Ollie. And I'm Liam. And for those of you that don't know, or if we've got any new listeners out there, each episode we take a topic that we know very little about and we give ourselves a week to read and research all about it. The idea being that if we do all the hard work, we can then share with you, our listeners, what we feel are some of the most important pieces of information. Definitely. And so everybody knows we are not experts in anything that we talk about on the pod. This is just a summary of our findings. Hopefully, by sharing some knowledge with you, we can all learn a little bit more about a whole lot of things. Yep, that is most certainly true. So let's get on with this week's topic, which is Big Ben. Dong. Right, Ollie, this week, Big Ben. We all know what Big Ben is, don't we? What do you know about it? Or what did you know about it before we started learning? Uh, I haven't been into London quite a few times, obviously seen it. Um, know it's the big clock tower that you get in the centre of London, right by the Houses of Parliament. It's on the Thames and it is, yeah, massive clock. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if anyone was listening carefully then. I don't know. So, you know, obviously, I I also already knew that it was the big clock tower with the giant clock. Or is it, Ollie? <laughs> so, Big Ben, it's the big clock tower, right? Um, no, it's actually not the big clock tower. Oh, okay. If it's not the big clock tower, it must be the clock. Big Ben, that giant clock. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I can see what you're thinking there. But no, it's not even the clock. No, it is not. So, spoiler alert, you're about to find out, everybody. Hold on to your socks. If you did not know this, but Big Ben is actually the bell. It's the bell inside, isn't it? It's the bell inside, and it's it's the, the largest bell that's inside Big Ben. But confusingly, that's not its official name, is it? What do you mean that's not the official name, Ollie? I actually don't know what you're talking about. So the, the official name is official name of Big Ben is the Great Bell. So a little bit confusingly, so it's not even the tower, it's not the clock, it is the the big bell inside at the top of the tower. But even then, Big Ben isn't actually the real name of it. Its real name is the Great Bell. Okay, so this is like one of probably the UK's most famous landmarks, isn't it? Well, interesting you say it that. It must be. So pre-pandemic, I was reading that there was a news article that came out where it was saying that it was the, the most Instagrammed destination in the UK. So it was the yeah. one that, that people go and see the most and take pictures of, um, take pictures of themselves, whatever, selfies and stuff. So the top one was Big Ben. Then the next one was Buckingham Palace. And then the third one was Anfield, Liverpool's football club. But yeah, so it's one of those things that, Everybody knows what it is, but any idea where it is? Yeah, so it's in the centre of London. It's by the Houses of Parliament. It's the tower. It's on the north side, isn't it, of the tower? So, you know, you've got the famous Houses of Parliament with the big clock tower to one side, and then Big Ben is the bell um, inside that clock. But just on the River Thames, you know, if it, you'll see it. Anyone who goes to London, it's exactly it's very as soon hard you to miss. Step it? out of the tube, you can't miss it, can you? It's right in front of you. As soon as you step out the, um, the the Westminster Tube, yeah, and then so we've got the tower, and then like you said, within the tower, 
Um, if you look at the tower, you have a clock, um, and then above the clock, if we'll put a picture on the Instagram, won't we? Um, yeah. Above the clock, there's lots of sort of like holes, isn't there? Yes. Um, above the clock tower, and the bell is up there. The bell is above the clock um, because I, I think those holes is like let the sound come out. Yes. Yeah, I think you're right. I guess you know. I think you can even see, you can see the bell or a bell. You can actually see it looking in. If you look at it from the right angle, you can actually see them. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. And it's it's not a new thing, is it? As you might imagine, it's it goes back uh, a little while in the design and everything. So it's actually a Gothic design um, that that they built it in. But how old is it, Lim? Well, we're going to need to go back to the story starts. Let's get, we need some music for this. <laughs> the story so we need to go back to 1834 so okay. it's not as old as some of the stuff we've done but it's certainly getting on for 200 years at this point like the whole the whole story um when the palace of westminster caught fire didn't it yes so the, the old palace that was there on the on there um caught fire and needed to be replaced but i didn't i didn't realize why it caught fire and you were telling me earlier on the week why it caught fire i quite like this yeah so so the chancellor of the exchequer used to work there and they had these like, they used to do all the accounting and they had tiny little, they used, um, they called them tally sticks, which I think must be like, like lollipop sticks that you would count with and they would represent whatever it was you were counting up. Like little um, wooden sticks. Bit. Yeah. And they had two cartloads that they needed getting rid of. And they decided the best way to get rid of them would be to go into the basement of the, the Palace of Westminster where they had two underfloor stoves. And they decided they just basically put them in the oven and burned them. <laughs> Sounds now, like a good idea. Um, it seemed to, it was sensible enough, right? <laughs> so that worked fine. Um, and they didn't, you know, they burnt them all. But the stoves got so hot that they actually set fire to the floor above them, like the, the floorboards and the ceiling above them. Yeah. Uh, it got so hot. When everybody left, everything looked fine. The stoves were off. There was no fire. But the, the floorboards above had gotten so hot that when everybody left, they eventually caught fire. Oh dear. And so there was a yeah. massive fire and this is in 1834. There was a huge fire. It, it destroyed the castle of Westminster. And then in 1835, it was decided that they needed to restore it and build a new tower with a clock to be included as part of the, the revival of the castle of Westminster, didn't they? Yeah. And then there was an architect called Charles Barry who wanted to incorporate a clock tower. And um, he was getting lots of advice from lots of different people about how the clock tower should go, what it should look like, how big it should be, et cetera, et cetera. That it got to a point where he needed to, he got a, a referee, didn't he? The, the astronomer royal, Sir George Airy, was appointed as a referee. And he said, he came up with a bunch of rules, but one of the main rules was, if you would like to tender to build this clock tower, um, the rule must be that it must strike the first blow of each hour correct to one second in time. Which back then was a, a massive feat. So keeping keeping to time of one second was huge because until then, time was mostly measured, measured by the rising of the sun. And so yeah. across the UK, it meant that time varied by about 15 minutes with how... Okay. how where the sun was and when, when sunrise or, or sun came up. So that, that was a really big feat saying it needed to be within one second. And it, it took them a little bit of a while to figure it out, didn't it? And tendering to, to try and get it right. Yeah, it ended, up, it ended up being about 1852. A guy called Edward Dent was awarded um, the contract to build the, the 
you know, the bell and the clock and the tower. Something um, that I, I had to look up was that I'd read, and this is for the clock enthusiasts out there, that it's the type of clock is called a traditional turret clock. You got any idea what that means? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it basically means that a turret clock is just a large pendulum-based clock that hangs, um, that is run by hanging weights, and it's designed to go on high towers or on churches. So apparently that's a lot harder to design than just your run-of-the-mill clock. Fancy. What One of the issues they came up with as well was that at one point they'd forgotten about the clock itself and the, the, the plans had to change. because Basically what they'd done is they started building the tower. So they needed the, the clock design had to now fit the tower that had already been started. Really? Instead of like, here's my clock, put it on top of your tower. It, okay. You know, problem one. We're up and running. Um, problem two, <laughs> this guy, Edward Dent, who'd been the commission to build it, died a year later. Yeah, yeah. And uh, his stepson took over to finish it. But then the clock got finished and the tower wasn't ready. Oh, they run into all sorts of issues with it, didn't they? So the first bell was then cast. So we've, we've told you that Big Ben is the bell. So the first bell was cast for the, for the development, but it actually cracked, didn't it, before they then managed to um, hoist it up the tower. Yeah, it was 16 tons, which was two tons, 16 tons, by the way, for a bell. That's pretty beefy, isn't it? It's enormous. Um, and then it was two tons heavier than it was intended to be. Um, and then it was struck by a clock, um, by a hammer. Something interesting about Big Ben is it, it doesn't have, um, it doesn't have that little bell thing. I don't know what it's called. It's called inside clapper. the bell. That, the, yeah, the bit that goes from side to side. It doesn't have one of those. Yeah, we're both doing the, the finger impression. So if you're listening, like, everyone... Do, Get your fingers and try and represent that little clapper thing at the bottom of a bell. Put your index finger down and just wobble your hand. Yeah, yeah that doesn't have one of those. That's a clapper within a bell, apparently. Yeah, it doesn't have one of those. It has a hammer that hits it from the outside. Bong. Um, but the hammer was too big. The bell was too big, and the bell cracked, and it was irreparable, wasn't it? And they had to. Uh, they basically then recast the bell, so that the whole thing. I think the whole thing was melted down. It was that's recast. Right. It was made from the metal of the old bell in 1858. They made a new one, which is a bit smaller, which is today's bell, which is 13 and a half tons. But that is not the end of the story. Necessarily, no. Is it? So what they did is they, they then actually got the bell up and running. So they, they hoisted it up. And this is quite a big feat in itself at the time. So they managed to get this second bell, which had recast and is 3.7 metric tons. So super heavy. They managed to hoist it up. It took 30 hours for them to get it to the top of the tower, put it into place the bell then started to chime for the first time on the 11th of July, 1859. So what's that? Is that like 163 years ago? One, maybe. So, yeah. so they, they, started, <laughs> they started chiming all that time ago, but after two months, they then hit an issue and that bell had cracked as well, hadn't it? Yeah, basically. Yeah, the, yeah, they they struck it with the same hammer as the original bell, um, and there was a big dispute about whose fault it was. Eventually, they, they realised it was not really possible to, um, it wasn't feasible to have the bell recast again, again. So what they did is they just turned the bell round. So they moved the crack in the bell away from the hammer, <laughs> just and then rotated they made the hammer it slightly. Yeah, they, just, they rotated it a quarter turn. You know, obviously it's like. 
look, we ain't taking this down again, boys. This took us far too long to get up here. So what can we do? So they just turned it around. So the bell has a crack in it. And then it started, didn't it? And then we're, we're up and running. We got a bell up in a clock. And then we're up and running. And it's still there. So it's And that has still been the same bell that has always been there then for the last 160 odd years, which is, is quite impressive. It's not the only bell, is it? Um, there are other bells. There's not. Yeah. So Big Ben, if you like, the big boy, he weighs 13.7 tonnes. But there are, so there are four other bells and the other bells chime on the quarter of the hours. So if you're in London, you, you will hear it bong at quarter past, half past, quarter two. And then it also bongs just before the hour. So there are four other bells. And they're known as the quarter bells. They, that's where they get yeah. their name from. So they're, they're the quarter bells. So there's five bells in total, one big one with the with the four other little ones up in the, the clock tower. Um, any idea on, on the notes that they give out? Yeah, <laughs> right. I don't know much about music or I'm not musically inclined. I've got the notes. I can tell you that Big Ben and the third quarter bell are both in note E. The first quarter bell is G. F sharp is the second quarter bell and the fourth quarter bell is a B. But I don't know what that means. I I don't know if this will be in key, but it's a pretty famous tune and people might well know this. Shall I give it a go and let you know what the tune sound like? Well, the tune's going to have to be E, G, F sharp, E, B. So feel free. (laughs) Bong, 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 bong. Bong, 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 bong. (laughs) Bong. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot that's how it goes. Yeah, so that's the sound of the bell. <laughs> yeah, I completely forgot that. They're pretty heavy in themselves, though, aren't they? They're pretty significant. Yeah, I mean, these other bells, they're, they're 1.1 tonnes, 1.3 tonnes, 1.7 tonnes, and the fourth quarter bell is a big four-tonner. Yeah. That's, you know, how heavy is a car? A car's like, what, like a tonne or a tonne and a half? So we're talking like, these are, you know, pretty beefy up there. Yeah, yeah, is, Absolutely. You know, we're we're messing around with these bells. That's a big bell. Yeah, it's hardly ever stopped, has it? It 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 stop. It has stopped on occasion, but it 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 hasn't really ever stopped. Even at one point, there was a bomb dropped right by the Commons in the Second World War, and uh, Big Ben continued to to strike. Yeah, so I was I was reading that for two years during World War One, Big Ben was silent, and the reason that they kept it silent in world war one was to prevent the enemy aircraft from using it to hone in on the houses of parliament so they thought okay. if they could hear it if the planes could hear it chiming that they then have some sort of direction to be following um so yeah and then they they then in world war ii they didn't make it silent i think they probably realized the planes couldn't hear that high up but what yeah. they did do is that they stopped it illuminating it so for the same reason, they then made sure that it wasn't almost like a beacon for the for the yeah. bombing planes coming in to know where to target. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So that's a bit of the history about it and just a little bit about the bell, I guess. Why is it called Big Ben? That was one of the that's maybe the second thing I checked this week. What do you reckon? Yeah. You got you got your answer? Yeah. So there's two trains of thought with this, really, isn't there? I don't know. Do, you, do yeah, you, want to... you do the first one? Because the first one's like very likely to be true, but there is a very random other story. So do the real one, which pretty much is must be true. And uh, I'll tell you the other silly one. OK, so the origins of the nickname are actually a little bit uncertain, but this is the one which I think is probably 
the most likely. And it was a, there was a chap who was called Sir Benjamin Hall. He was a civil engineer. He was a Welsh civil engineer. And he, he served at the House of Commons for three decades. And he was what was known as the first commissioner of works. And he was the person who oversaw all the latter stages of the rebuilding of the Houses of Parliament. So he was the person who was involved in coordinating, getting the bell to the top of the tower. That was his job. And so he was also apparently quite a big tall guy as well. So the name sort of just started to stick that this is Big Ben. He's working on the Big Ben in the yeah. in the tower. So that sort of has some logic to it. Um, then I read some other stuff where his name is inscribed on the, the inside of the bell. And apparently, I then tracked down this news report from the, the Times from the 22nd of October in 1856, which adds a little bit of credence to this theory where it says that bells at the time, it was believed that they were christened before they were then did their first toll. So that first bong okay. that they do. And yeah. so it seems quite likely that because of all the hard work, he was the first commissioner of works, this uh, Benjamin Hall, that he wrote his name Ben inside it before it, that was the christening of it. And then it started to, to bong. And that's probably where the name comes from, which to me sounds super logical. How about your one? Yeah, it seems. Also, by the way, this this Benjamin Hall guy, do you know he's the reason why London parks open on Sundays? Oh, really? So he uh, he campaigned for it. Like, you know, famous part like Regent Park or Hyde Park, you know. What, they never used London. to be so open they, on a Sunday? Apparently not. They'd be closed on a Sunday. Okay. And then he... He wanted to improve the city's health and said, well, if we can, you know, get people out and about and stuff. Um, so parks are open on Sunday, you know, just take it as a given now. I but, like that. Nice. You know, what's that? You know, not quite 200 years ago, but quite a long time ago. Nice. In sort of the 1850s. Um, but there is another story, a, a much less likely story. And the sto- very quickly, the story is that apparently politician, politicians were big into boxing. And there was a boxer called Big Ben Count. Um, he was six foot two, and it's rumoured that he was pretty big time. He was a bit of a bare knuckle boxer at the time, and lots of Parliament just liked watching him. Um, lots of politicians, and it might be that they named the bell after Big Ben the boxer. I mean, that just there's just <laughs> n- not much evidence to back that up. It just doesn't seem likely. But that is the other train train of thought, isn't it? There's there's not three, four, five different stories. It's just it's those two stories. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I had to do quite a bit more digging to try and figure out part of the um, the other part of my story to get that. And so it, it's both of them are mentioned like in equal equal measure. But who knows? Yeah. Who knows? So yeah, so we got we got Big Ben. We got it in a in a clock tower. And we've not really spoken about the clock much at all, have we? I don't think we've even said, for people that don't know, so the the tower, it's got four sides to it. It's got four faces and there are four clock dials, aren't there? Yes. Yeah, there are four clocks. And they're pretty big clocks, aren't they? These aren't aren't little clocks. These are seven metres across. You know, have a look around the room you're in. How big is your room? That's how big the clock is. Um, Seven metres. The minute hands, 4.2 metres long. And then the numbers, about two feet to each number, like that. You that forget really, how big something is yeah, because it's so far away. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the, the, like the numbers are two feet tall. Like <laughs> I was wondering, 
So we, we, I was wondering, so we, we haven't spoken about it. The, the, the town itself is 96 metres high. So it's getting on for 100 metres. The clock's 100 metres up, up in the up in the air. And yeah, thinking about designing how big the numbers needed to be. Do you think they had like some prototypes? They were, here you go, yeah. a two foot number. How big does it look to you from about 100 metres away? A bit bigger, yeah, a bit yeah. smaller? Yeah, they're just dry, moving away from each other on a hill going, can you eat this? Like, you how big does hand need to be? You know, he's just standing there with, with like a three metre long arrow. Now like, I can't see it from there. It needs to be 4.2 metres, Jim. Just, That's know, yeah, massive. It's really big. Seven metres, seven metres wide each clock, isn't it? Which is enormous. Yeah, and the, clock, the clock's got some Latin on it, um, famously. Do you, want, do you want me to have a stab at reading with Latin? Yeah, go ahead. Anyone's got Google Translate and they can bring this up. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something in Latin. <laughs> Feel free to see if this tra- Google translates into what it's supposed to be. All right, this is Latin, right? The Latin the Latin inscription under the clock base says, "Domine salvam fac reginam nostram victoriam primam." Oh wow! Those Latin lessons that you had at secondary oh. school have really paid off. That must have been a yeah. Oh school. Lord. Oh Lord, keep safe our Queen Victoria the first. That's uh, what I mean. Nice. Yeah. Do you read about how they keep time with the clock though? How does it actually work? There's an interesting thing, isn't it, about coins or pennies or something? Yes. So I don't we haven't actually said what, what they designed, did they? I think you you got this nailed down. The the oh, design mate, of the clock. I have absolutely got this nailed down. So one of the when we were talking about earlier, they had a referee who was um, in charge of sort of taking all of these tenders before they built the clock. The referee himself ended up getting another guy to help him called Edmund Beckett Denin- Dennison. When they realised the clock was ready, but it couldn't go in the tower, this Edmund Beckett Dennison got to sort of mess around with the clock and the mechanism and stuff. You know, he had a bit of time on his hand, <laughs> time on his hand, because the, nice. the, it wasn't ready. He invented something. Now, feel free to Google and what YouTube this because it don't make no sense to me. He Googled, invented something called the double three-legged gravity escapement. And that solved the problem, mechanism. didn't it? Yeah, it's a mechanism. It compensates the effect of outside pressure on the mechanism. Because think about, if you've got this clock and it's massive, but if, it, if it's windy or if it yeah. gets really hot and like it expands or contracts in the weather, that will affect its ability to keep time because the hands themselves get heavy, you know, and snow and burn and all that sorts of things. Um, But he invented something called the double three-legged gravity escapement. And that exactly. And that that's the mechanism then that, that was new at the time. And that's what keeps the, the clock from ticking and from big Ben from, from striking. And just, just for people to know who might be interested. So the pendulum that beats, it lasts for two seconds. So it's a pretty big, pretty big clock that we're talking about and a pretty big swing that we've yeah. got there but there yeah. there are things that they have to do to to then regulate the clock and the mechanism to making sure that it's keeping as accurate as what they need it to be and the way that they figured out to do this was by placing old pennies onto the clock which adds a little bit of weight and by putting this onto the pendulum it then Counts for was it 0.4 seconds of an adjustment for every 24 hours? Yeah, two fifths of a second. 
every 24 hours is an adjustment. Um, I think, I don't know if many people can pitch, I don't know how old or young the listeners are, but, um, you know, if you picture like a grandfather clock, you've got the pendulum and then you've got the two little weights on a, on a clock. Yes. So you have the pendulum at the bottom swinging from side to side. You've got the clock at the top and then hanging down are like some weights on sort of cables. And it's, it's, they, they can put pennies on those and then it will affect the swing and it, the mechanism of the clock. Um, but yeah, adding a penny gives you 0.4 of a second every 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. And again, just um, coming yeah. back to how accurate that um, Sir George Airy wanted it to be at the very beginning and testament to yeah. that really. The double, double three-legged gravity escapement though. Take that into your job this morning and say, I bet you don't know what that does. Uh, <laughs> it's the reason that the Big Ben or, or the, the clock, I guess, is as accurate as it is. Nice. So maybe, I know we touched on it a minute ago. So they managed to get this enormous bell, which is called Big Ben. Its official name is the Great Bell. They managed to get this huge bell to the top of this tower. And it's, it's 96 metres high, as we've already said. I love it when I, I see facts or, or stats, they're measured out in either football pitches or London buses. And I don't yeah. know if you saw this, yeah. but... This is 21 London buses sitting on top of each other. I don't know why people yeah. think that's an easy way to measure stuff, but 21 London buses. Yeah, nearly 400 steps to the top, isn't it? But this tower's got a name as well. The tower, the thing that lots of people think is Big Ben, the tower itself, is actually called the Elizabeth Tower. Um, it was renamed that in honour of the Queen of, on her Diamond Jubilee. So it's, it's called the Elizabeth Tower. So prior to, yeah. prior to it being called the Elizabeth Tower, it was called... St. Stephen's Tower. Uh, yeah. State, That's yeah, right. St. Stephen's Tower. Yeah. St. Stephen's exactly. Tower. Um, and then, but it was 2012 when it then got renamed. So it's only pretty recently. Like we're saying, the Queen Elizabeth II's Diamond Jubilee in 2012, where they then yeah. renamed it. And can you visit it? Because I then thought, I wonder if I can go in that tower. You know, can you go, can you run up to the top of all the stairs or something? And this is quite interesting, isn't it? So you can visit it, but. It's not quite as straightforward as just going online and buying a ticket to to go up or just rocking up on the day and going up there. There are some certain rules that you you need to adhere to before you can actually visit. Two of the craziest ones for me being that you have to be a UK resident to be able to visit it. So apologies to all of our international listeners that are listening at the moment. In ninety three countries and counting, so <laughs> getting on for half the world. Thank you, everybody. So you have to be a UK resident to visit it, to actually go inside it. And the other thing, before you go, you need to almost get, well, you need to get vouched by a member of the House of Lords. So you need to contact a member of the House of Lords and get them to agree that you're right to visit it. But there are a few other rules as well, aren't there? Yeah, just some other, you know, you've got to be more than 11. You've got to be fit enough to climb the stairs. You're not allowed if you're pregnant and you've got to wear sensible footwear. Um, it's funny because this information, this information is on like the parliament or the government website, isn't it? This is yes. all like lots of this because it's a government building. Lots of this stuff we're saying isn't sort of hearsay or, or rumor or whatever. You know, you, this, these are legit things that you can actually find out. So I thought that was quite interesting. Definitely. What the government have been doing for the last few years is they've been doing a massive restoration project, haven't they? Yeah, essentially making it look pretty, aren't they? They're they're tying it all up again. It hasn't really rung since August the 21st, 2017. Uh, It's rung on special occasions like New Year's Eve and Remembrance Sunday. But generally speaking, for the last getting on for five years, 
and they've just they've been restoring it. it cost about 80 million pounds and i think part of the issue is obviously it's also intricate up there there's all these carvings and things um and they, they you know you just can't budget for or, or predict what sort of state they're going to be in and i think it's just taken a lot longer hasn't it and the, the pandemic hasn't helped no so yeah it has been delayed by the pandemic like a lot a lot of things and it was other things that they then discovered such as bombings that were nearby has then caused damage to the tower which they then had to do some restoration work on um so bombings yeah. from from world war 1 or world war 2 has caused damage to it um there's yeah 334 steps at the moment but they're going to put in an elevator so a lift for you to get okay. up to the top as well. But one of the things that I am really interested in and then dug a little bit more into was I went to London a few weeks ago and you can now see the clocks. So they've been, they've been revealed. The rest of the tower has still got the scaffolding around it. Yeah. When I yeah. saw it, I thought that looks a little bit different to what I remembered it, you know, going back a couple of years. I thought it looked just slightly different. And so I had a little look into it this week and started to find an interesting story about the people who've been running it. They've been working with a team of people to identify what the actual colour of the hands and the numbers and the numerals and everything should be. And so they started okay. to go into it and they, they realised that there's actually loads of layers of paint. So it's been painted a number of times over the years. They found six different layers of paint and it's black. So the paint is black the numbers are black, the hands are black. And they think they started to paint it black to try and hide the pollution damage that was happening to it. Yeah, okay. It's not actually as it was intended for it to be. So what they did is they went through this painstaking work of removing the paint and making sure they didn't damage everything to try and find out what Barry's original design was. And they realised, and we'll put a picture up on our social media to show this, that they've realized that the dials and the clock hands are actually based on the original designs and watercolor and photographs that they've managed to digitally enhance from back in the day. The clock hands and the dials are actually something called Prussian blue. And there's a load of gold on there. And then there's actually areas of red as well. So when you look at it, we'll put a side-by-side picture of what it looked like previously to what it looks like now. And it definitely, definitely looks a lot more like vibrant blue which is what this prussian blue is which is yeah super interesting that is interesting yeah that could almost be a takeaway yeah 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 it could could well it been. isn't so it isn't want- though but you have got one uh, i've got one do you want to hit people up with your one the most famous thing has anybody heard of the leaning tower of big ben <laughs> no <laughs> the clock tower actually leans oh, it's on it? an angle of 0.04 degrees and if, because it's quite because it's so tall you can actually see that um okay and it's because it's sinking in its foundations um and i read part of it was to do with the jubilee line when they when they um okay started installing that you know we'd read about the uh how they do the london underground and things and uh it turns out it did they, they do think it might have affected the foundations oh wow and then it's now at a point where you know, it's ever so slightly tipping sideways. And, you know, I think if you were at the right angle, you would be able to see, you know, if you looked at it side on. Oh, wow. Yeah, the famous okay. leaning leaning clock tower of Big Ben. <laughs> nice. Shall I let everybody know what my two guys want on yeah, the is? So my one is, I started to look into how it's powered, like 
I know like everything, everything okay. powered like the same nowadays, isn't it? Like any idea how it's powered? Yeah. Electric, I don't know, gas or electric. Yeah. Probably. So uh, this blew my mind when I realized that it's not actually powered by electricity. It's a wound clock and it's wound uh, times a week. Like so a watch. Yeah. It's like a massive watch. So somebody has Whoa. to wind it three times a week and every time they wind it, it takes over an hour to do so then wind it back up to then make sure it's working correctly and keeping that accurate time that it's known for it does i did actually read that it has a backup electric yes uh, like generator or power uh yeah i guess you know what, what if they forget to do their <laughs> get to do the wind up or something on a monday it, 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 you can't it, it is doable it still works <laughs> someone oversleeps that day and doesn't make it in for yeah. the wind up <laughs> yeah 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 imagine that for me, Liam, this has been a super interesting topic to get into. I've loved learning about Big Ben this week. In terms of if somebody were to ask you now or you were to have a little bit of a conversation about Big Ben, do you think you could do? Absolutely. This is like this this just sums up what the podcast is all about. Every person listening to this is gonna know or or be able to picture Big Ben. Yeah. Aren't they? Everybody. Are they going to be able to tell you? Or they, I mean, they will now beforehand that it was, it's a bell. It's one of five bells. It's actually got a massive crack in it, which is the second bell. You know, this, it's not, I, no way. I wouldn't have known any of this. Yeah. You know, the tower originally burnt down. They rebuilt. I don't know any, know any of that. So yeah, I think this, this perfectly sums up the podcast. Um, so yeah, actually I, I could talk about it now for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, completely agree. And people are now starting noticing that it's much bluer than what they maybe are picturing in their heads. Yeah. We hope that people listening have enjoyed this episode as much as Liam and I have. If you have any questions about it or want to get in contact with us, please do so on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. It's really simple. On all three of them, we're just at two guys, one topic. Yeah, please let us know your thoughts. Also, if you can spare a couple of minutes to either leave a five-star rating on Spotify or a quick review on Apple Podcasts, we'd really, really appreciate it. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. We'll be back with you next Tuesday with a new episode. Get out there and share some Big Ben knowledge. Mm -hmm.